A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Player Movement with Todd Whitestone from FBStreamer.com. You can find Todd at Telestar7 on Twitter. And he provides a couple of free articles a week on FBStreamer.com where he goes through the player movement for the NFBC main event, which is what we focused on. Um, who's getting added, maybe a couple drops, um, and uh, standings movement and the overall leads as well as some individual league that Todd's highlighting in his articles now. So you can head over there and check it out. It's a pretty valuable source um, to get all your main event information in one spot. Um, so, yeah. Hope everyone is going to enjoy the grind down to the end of the season. Uh, make sure you are covering every single aspect of facts and news and research that you can. If you like it in article form, read as many articles by you know, proven analysts that you can find, um, you know, um, listen to podcasts if that's the way you fulfill it, or even bet, just ask questions, you know, um, if you find people who are winning in leagues and the available um, open standings on NFBC, you know, maybe they're willing to discuss some things in terms of, you know, how their process is or um, anything, any little bit of information you can get from people who are winning right now or anyone that you respect as an analyst and feel like they could help you win just soak it all up cover every base read team articles team news um try to read between the tea leaves of whatever bullcrap the managers will spew out and try to decipher if it's going to help you or not and um that's it you know just really cover your bases and be able to extract what's real and what's not um because all research is research, so um, whatever you can get out of that, um, use it, you know, to your advantage or, yeah, yeah that's it. All right, let's get into the episode. Thanks. All right, folks, welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro, the Dead Pole Hitter. I'm here with Todd Whitestone. You can find Todd on Twitter at Telestar7 and at SPStreamer.com, laying down the law on the main event and what's going on in there. Todd, what's up today? Not too much, Rob. Happy to talk to you. Yeah, my article this week is five weeks to glory because there's five weeks left. And I think a lot of fantasy leagues are going to be decided in the last few weeks. Uh, They're not uh, completely buttoned up yet. Definitely not buttoned up yet. I think we were just talking uh, in our main event, Mark Zwebo, Gecko himself, just surged up 10 points in a week. And uh, it still amazes me when teams gain you know, 10, 11 points, like I was in a draft champion guy, you know, gained 11 points in like one week. Wow. You know, like everything yeah. just whatever was tight, you know, and you just have one of those weeks, it just leapfrogged and 
So, yeah, I'm not happy to have the Hall of Famer, you know, just charging right behind me. And Mager took a little half-point lead to to end the week, but uh, I got it back to start the week real quick with uh, a little column A save. But, uh, okay, good. Um, yeah, so, yeah, a lot of, a lot of leagues are going to be decided right about now. Um, it was an interesting fab week because uh, I feel like as the dollars shrink and the player pool just becomes less inspiring. It's, uh, it's fascinating. I feel like too, for like five or six weeks, it was just chasing so many closers. And now that I've accumulated all the um, third tier and uh, shared closing roles <laughs> that, um, <laughs> you know, for a week, I was like not chasing it um, as much as I was in previous weeks. So it was kind of good to get away from that sure, a little bit. That's good. That's good. It saves money. Yeah, I mean, in my second main event league, um, that uh, that Paul Sporer is uh, is leading. Um, I have like such a I have like an one hundred and twenty k lead, and um, for 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 weeks now, I've been trying to you know start four closers, five closers, or at, at least guys in shared roles or whatever, just uh-huh. to try to get them here and there because uh, I didn't need the wins really, didn't need the Ks, so just trying to boost up my saves and. Finally, this past week, you know, got like a nice little bump and I'm hoping with like six or seven guys in there, you know, I'm down to like only five carrying five starting pitchers. Uh, and I just, you know, and I think four of them are White Sox. And um, <laughs> yeah, right. it's just interesting. It's just interesting what happens at the end of the year and what you find yourself doing to try to gain a couple points here and there yeah, uh, just I mean, to get into the harder. money. It's, it's easier, Rob, when it's really clear that you should go for wins and K's over saves or the other way around, you should go for saves over wins and K's. Right. The harder issue for me is when, you know, you can gain points on either side. Do you really go all pitchers or mostly pitchers or starting pitchers? Or do you instead say, no, I'm going to maintain like three closers if I can in the lineup to try to pick up those save points. Yeah, I know it's, it's it's such a uh, such a fragile thing. It's such a every week. It's just you know, it, but this is what makes it fun. You got to look at what you're going to go up in, what you're going to go down in, and you know, look at the players around you and what they're kind of starting every week. You know, that's something. You know, you feel like oh, I'm taking all these steps already. Do I got to take another one? But like, just take it. You know, take that extra step. See if because. Uh, I think like we've mentioned previously, you know, sometimes maybe you're trying to chase some saves and the guys in front of you are down to only playing one closer, you know, and right. you, just to know if it's more in, in step than it really is, it's, it's good to know. Yep. You should look at their lineups, you know, to at least like this week, maybe you thought a guy was mostly going starters and instead he does have closers in there and make a note of it and say that can help you next week with your lineup set. Right. Absolutely. Um, so what did you, uh, get into this week for, um, fab, who were your guys that you were kind of trying to get into and, uh, what kind of, um, I guess, uh, a situation you find yourself in attacking any specific categories or what was your strategy this week? For me, Rob, I was just trying to fill in, you know, there were places I needed starters because, um, I was losing some guys here and there, they were really underperforming. I dropped, uh, in, a couple leagues, I dropped uh, Kikuchi and Logan Gilbert mm-hmm. because uh, well, <laughs> I Gilbert did the same was, thing. They, they were pitching badly, but Kikuchi 
maybe was doing okay, but he, the next two starts for both of them are both against the Astros. Right. And that's really awful. I mean, if I, if you can't pitch a guy for three weeks, I really, even in a 15 teamer, it's really hard to hold on to him. Um, so Absolutely. And he got a big, uh, big velo drop, right? Big. Yeah. That's well, that's on top of it. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's the cause of everything. When he's sitting in that range, it's usually when he starts to get a little shelled, you know, and it, I think that was why everyone was so excited when he, you know, when he touched some new new numbers in the beginning, or you no, know, spring training right. in the beginning of the year, you know, yeah. we, we kind of felt like, okay, you know, if he's at this level, he's going to be um, even harder to hit. And he was, and then just... Yeah, he was. He, he pitched well in the beginning, the first half of the season, I thought. Yep. Um, he was a good pitcher, and maybe he's tired, I don't know, but uh, I just feel like you have to be harsh about the cuts at this point, and maybe you make one or two errors on that, but you gotta, you gotta go for it. If you feel a guy isn't going to help you for two weeks or so, I mean, there's five weeks left. That's pretty tough to hold on. Right. Harsh about the cuts. I love it. <laughs> you Absolutely. Gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta do, do it. it. Yeah. I totally agree right there. Um, so why don't you get us into the article? Tell us a little yeah, bit about sure. that. So I guess let, let's skip over the league analyses, which people can read. I did seven more league analyses, uh, taking a deep dive into who was leading and who uh, might have a chance to catch up. Uh, those are available in the article. But going to the fab, uh, again, it's a low uh, numbers for the bids. Uh, it was $7.79 per uh, bid which was almost as low as last week, which and that one was the lowest of all. And so uh, main event owners have spent 916, Rob, mm-hmm. which leaves 84 on average for all the main event teams. And again, I feel like most of the competitive players are below 84. I think, uh, you know, 60 or so is probably average. There's maybe some lower teams that have some fab dollars at their disposal. Um, but 1,106 bids, that's about the same as the last few weeks. And I think that's probably what you're going to see mostly the rest of the way. There's people have 20 bucks or so per week to spend. Down to 59 and 41 in my two mains. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, in my mains, I'm at, in the ones that are competitive, 58 and 82. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty low. You got to... You got to bid five or six on a player if you want to try for them. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's one thing is pretty un, uh, pretty expected. Um, and then the wow bid of the week was also the highest uh, bid was eighty nine dollars for Edward Cabrera, mm-hmm. and that's you know the first time the the wow bid has been under a hundred. Wow. So yeah, that's I think uh, we might not see too many one hundreds the rest of the way there's only four periods left and people don't have a lot of money. Um, but, uh, Cabrera was the leading, uh, added player. Yes, he was. Of course, I'm not sure people rated him the highest, but he was completely unowned and he was a known commodity that he had some talent. So I think that helped him get to the top spot. Um, and then Carlos Estevez, who's the new closer in Colorado, 34, Glenn Otto, starting pitcher for Texas, 34. And then Adam Adovino, who's 31, who might get a longer leash now that Barnes has COVID. Uh, he was picked up in 31. 
Yeah, that's a uh, nice, interesting little list. I know with Cabrera, um, you know, top prospect pedigree type. Um, I think I was a little concerned with um, possibly them um, either going to a sixth man or sending him back to the minors once Rogers and Lopez got back. Yeah. It looked like Lopez took a little bit of a uh, detour again. Rogers looked like he might be back this weekend. Um, but then I found out that, did you know that in the NFBC, um, he won't get his points today, his stats? Is that a true thing? Who who won't get his points? Ed, Edward Cabrera, because he wasn't on the roster. Because it, the game tomorrow against the Mets is the continuation game, and he wasn't on the original roster. So, Oh, it's a continuation game. It's a continuation game, and I don't think he will get points. If that's what, because I ended up benching him in my OC where I picked him up because I found I found that out um, that he doesn't accumulate points because it's a continuation game, and he wasn't on the original roster when that happened. And I thought like maybe uh, they could you know get by that, but I guess that's just the rules. I mean, I guess so. If it was if it was truly a um a game that was started already. I didn't, that's, I didn't realize that it was truly a game that was started already. It was a, yeah, the continuation game. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Very Um, interesting. But yeah, I do like the talent uh, for sure. Um, I like what Steamer spit out for him for the rest of the season, three, eight ERA, um, one, three whip. It's not that bad. A little over a strikeout an inning. And, um, you know, at this point of the year, we were looking at that shot in the arm, you know, for sure. Yeah, I, I, w- I was worried personally about the lack of a rotation spot going forward. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes these things work themselves out. Like you said, Pablo Lopez is not guaranteed to be back. But, um, I, you know, it's hard to bid a lot of money when you might only get what I thought was one start. Right. Me too. Um, but, yeah, he – he went for uh, as high as 89 bucks, right? Like you said. Um, yeah. Lowest three um, with a bunch of $34 healthy bids in it, high 20s. He's definitely a guy that was coveted this week. Um, you know, like I said, he can make a, he give you a good 20 innings the rest of the season. Um, I guess that's, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think he's talented. I think he, he could, he could give you three or four or five good starts. So, there's not many pitchers like that on the wire. So I think, I think it's a worthy gamble. Right. I kind of like um, Glenn Otto uh, was uh-huh. watching him pitch a little bit and looking at his, uh, his repertoire and his numbers. And it's, it's weird. It kind of, um, kind of gives me this like Tanner Hawk feeling to him. Uh-huh. Got that sweeping slider from the uh, right-hand side though. Um, and he, he some great numbers in the minors. Uh, doesn't give up a lot of, home runs or fly balls and uh he uh got good I, I don't know if you've ever been on the um uh the the, the twitter handle is um at pitcher digs i don't know if you follow him no. but he has some very awesome uh he's been keeping track of game starts um for pitchers and uh he had this specific game score that he made um to quantify like starts and how how pitchers are doing it, but he does minor leagues also. And uh, Glenado had some pretty good um, numbers compared to some of the other guys that were in the minors. Um, so, um, yeah, you, you should check it out. Um, he's, 
to some really interesting stuff on uh-huh. on 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 pitch scores. Um, let me get the right handle so anyone could notice. But sure. Um, at Excuse me. This is great podcasting, right? This picture digs. It's um at digs pitcher. So it's D I G S pitcher. And um yeah, it's really cool. He's um he's got an awesome web uh website that kept up with Google Studio and it's really awesome layout. Um a lot of filtering. You can you can go back to for minor leagues, I think it back is 2015. Um and for major leagues. I think the same time, but it's got his story. Yeah. I'm pretty good stuff, but I was looking at, um, so, you know, it's it's just just a way I kind of look at minor league pitchers every now and then to try to see how they're doing. And uh, he had some pretty relatable things going on. Uh, Like to Tyler McGill, you know, when he came up some, some similar stuff going with the K's and the walks and, and the ground ball percentage. So it's something I really liked. I didn't get him in many spots, um, uh-huh. but I definitely liked it. Uh, I know he's got a tough schedule, I think, for the rest of the season. But at this point, you know, we're looking for some good, healthy, young arms that might be able to give us a little boost. And then you mentioned the two closers, Adovino and Estevez. I kind right. of thought Adovino was the better, you know, route because they're the better team. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and they seem pretty – um, convinced to at least try other guys after Barnes just resorted back to old Barnes. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, I think maybe we were kind of wondering at first, would it be out of Eno and Robles? Would they kind of be like split or, um, you know, maybe a little bit of Whitlock too? I think Whitlock was definitely speculated on as well for some, you know. Yep, he was. He was. Yeah. For, for a shot that he was picked up in 12 leagues. Um, so definitely a good route, you know, when it's a good team with a with the closer opening, you know, definitely going to be uh, jumping on a, a couple of those options for sure. Yeah. I got, I, I, I got, I lost out on out of Vino in one league, but I, um, I had Estevez as my conditional. So um, let's see what happens. You know, I don't think he's the best pitcher around, but uh, no, <laughs> at no. this point, um, opportunities with saves, it's because Bard got you to 20. So, I mean, it's not too bad. Yeah, you can't tell. I mean, uh, Colorado, you say to yourself, well, they're not going to win many games, but I've seen many bad teams go on runs in September where they really get hot for no apparent reason. So, I wouldn't say he's he's not going to get any save opportunities. Yeah, I'm hoping for a good maybe four, four. I'll take four, Todd. One a week, I'll take right now. One a week, point. okay, okay. You know, not asking much. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, next guy on the list, Kybert Ruiz, catcher for the Nationals, gets called up um, today. Yeah. Uh, they sent Barrera down. Uh, that catcher that was getting a long look previously. Yeah, I kind of like this move. He was already owned in a in a bunch of leagues. Um, he was picked up in 30 leagues for size 45 bucks. Lost out on him too uh, in the league. I was only trying to add a catcher for, you know, cheap, but um, he could be a different maker at catcher. The guy is not going to kill your average and he might have some surprising pop in the bat that he's been developing lately in AAA. Yeah, I think uh, Ruiz, the other thing is if you're dropping a catcher that's not giving you much anyway, really there's no risk involved at all right because even if he just performs at the same level as your other guy it's no big deal but uh, he does have talents uh you know i spoke to james anderson and he said the guy the kid can hit you know he's he's proven it 
So he should be an upgrade over many catchers that are being rostered. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with that. Right underneath him was Mr. Edward Alvarez getting scooped <laughs> up once again in 24 leagues. Uh, it just never ends with this guy in the show. Yeah, really? Uh, poor guy. He's been covered so much this fantasy season. He, has a player been covered that much who didn't, who has like no, like nothing that he's been contributing <laughs> to your team? Oh, my God. What about your guy, Corey Kluber, next? New York yes. Yankees uh, made a short, you know, short rehab. Um, bout didn't look so hot in the last one. It was a little wild. I think he hit one batter or maybe two, but um, yeah, he, he, you I'm think, not too optimistic. I, you know, you're I not. You, yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought a like couple me. weeks ago that I wasn't even sure he was going to pitch up here, but you know, they're bringing him up. I think they're betting that, you know, he, his experience can work in his favor, but I'm not sure he's got the stuff right now to get major league hitters out. Um, maybe as a Yankee fan, I hope I'm wrong, but I wasn't bidding on Kluber anywhere myself. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, he's just one of those. You just have to really bank that he's a veteran pitcher that might just, you know, just get back to where he was, even when he started the season this year. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I think that name still brings value. You know, it's still going to ring to anyone who sees Kluber available in their league. It's, uh, sure, sure. you know, he's, he's, he, he still carries that. Um, I agree. I agree. Him for sure. know, he could get by on guile and uh, he, he knows when to throw a strike and when to waste a pitch, mm-hmm. but still you got to event at some points, you got to throw a ball over the plate. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure it's a big upgrade for the Yankees, but right. We'll We'll see what see. happens. Then they, they're going to piggyback him and him and um, Heaney, right? Him and who else? Um, Andrew Heaney. They're oh, going to piggyback yeah, each that, other. That was one idea. I didn't hear that it was confirmed, but that was one idea I heard. Right, right. Try to right. try to put the two of them together, or yeah, you got to get a decent start between the two of them put together, right? <laughs> maybe, or you know, bring up the kid heel and let him uh, pitch a few innings in that start. I don't know. They're trying right. to sort of patch it together. Um, we'll see, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to get Severino back at all. Doesn't look like it, right? He might, he might be able to pitch out of the bullpen maybe. Really? I at mean, that point, do you like that? Do you like like a, a starter coming out of the bullpen who hasn't pitched in so long? I mean, I think it's easier for him to gear up for one inning, Rob, than it would be to. Right. As a manager though, do you like oh. feel real like, like safe with that route? I think, I think I would, if he was, you know, healthy, if he was, you know, because he has that good, really good fastball when he's healthy. And I think he can give guys trouble, but, and then if he's not trying to sort of steady himself for, you know, seven innings, then I think he could go a little harder perhaps. So, yeah, right. I mean, I think Boone would love to have him at his disposal. Let's, let's put it that way. Right. Definitely makes sense. Um, Let's see. Anybody else here to discuss? We got a couple more ads of Ronaldo Lopez, even though, like, I don't know if he's going to have a spot in the rotation going forward unless right. they decide to boot um, Keiko to the curb. Uh, but he'll still bring you some good value, I guess, um, if you need some good pitching stats. Yeah, he could pitch out of the bullpen for a while until something uh, opens up. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Emmanuel Rivera. It's a guy I had my eye on for Kansas City Royals playing third base every day. Um, 
a little bit of an interesting profile. He puts the bat on the ball. He's got a good zone zone contact. is almost at 90%. Um, hits a lot of grounders, but when he does get it in the air, he, he's hitting it like 96 mile, no, mile per hour um, exit velo on fly balls. Um, so I'm just hoping he start to lift the ball a little more and he you know might have some even more uh, stats coming my way. But um, uh-huh. keep to be pretty quick, you know, and – uh, Royals are pretty aggressive on the base path, and uh, I don't know, just like uh, looks like a profile with a couple, a couple more um, fly balls might be really interesting. Um, I don't I mean, know. He definitely uh, has the potential to steal bases, so that's yeah. that's the key thing to pick him up for. Right. I'm not as sure about the power or anything, but yeah, the Royals. What do they have to lose? I mean, if your name is not Edward Olivares, I think they're willing to play you. So, <laughs> so. So uh, I guess they'll give the kid a chance. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's depending on your situation. If you're needing of steals, I think he's one of the few guys that might be on the wire that can help you there. Right. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. There's a couple other, um, one of my, uh, I was just noticing a couple of other guys that were picked up that were previously dropped, like most notably Jacob DeGrom picked up in Six yes. leagues for 49 bucks to high bid. And uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw as well scooped up in four leagues for only as high as 11. So maybe a little, a little more confident. Uh, I guess some guys are feeling with the Grom. Um, if, if, if you needed pitching, um, like if it was tightly packed, you know, ERA, whip, um, and let's say just say you had a spot that you felt was, uh, you know, um, good that you could stash one of those guys. Is that something you would look to do? Yeah, I think one in an NFBC league, you could stash one if you don't have tremendous injury problems. I mean, if those guys are pitching near their capability, even for two starts, it really could help you. So I would say it's worth it to have one on your bench, hoping until you get bad news that they could, you know, be back in the rotation. Um, right. But, but uh I haven't heard anything particularly positive about DeGrom. And I'm wondering if the Mets in their situation really want to throw him two or three times at the end of the season without, unless they go on a real hot streak. Hmm. I think, um, I think everyone underestimates the power of DeGrom. I think he like, he, he, I think he walks in and gives people like, like the teen wolves, there you know when his yeah. eyes turn red <laughs> you know you like in teen wolf when his eyes turn red and he's like i want yeah. a keg of beer or want yeah. a keg. yeah i feel like the grom just walks in and he does that and it's like do whatever you want jake you know yeah, so yeah. i don't think it's like anybody's call but his well i think i think the mets if they're smart they don't want to get him you know badly injured for next year yeah so so i mean i would i would think that they would but maybe it's good to see if he is badly injured. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to know nothing about it. And, right. And right. Training, but I don't, they, they cer- certainly don't need to pitch him for eight innings, you know, and, and have to 110 pitches in a, in a start. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, if he's, if he comes along, if he was throwing, playing catch the other day, if he comes along, I think, yeah, three starts from Degrom. That's worth. That's worth plenty. Yeah, everyone was freaking out because they saw him throwing lefty. 
and they're like, what is he doing, you know, throwing <laughs> lefty? And it's like actually something that um, a lot of pitchers do, especially like you, Darvish, is a big proponent of throwing lefty um, yeah. to fire like his other half of his brain and the other half of his body. It's, it's like funny. a stable, it's like a, yeah, it's like a stabilization thing. It's like a core thing as well for training. And it's just like a, a muscle memory thing that a lot of pitchers do. But uh, it's funny. He was throwing, it looks like he was throwing lasers lefty. But, uh, have you, now, have you held on to, in your the main event when you went number one with with me uh, in the league? Did you hold? Have you been holding Degrom? I am. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, only because like I feel like if he if he can give me ten innings of yeah. a two ERA, like out the ERA in the middle is is just slammed right now, and I feel like um, if. I mean, it's not like I was going to pick up anyone who was going to help me anywhere else. I've been like, not, I don't need that much offense because um, it's doing well. Um, but yeah, uh, I held them. I held them all the time. I, mean, I actually just picked them up in my online championship too. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah. He was a free agent. I scooped them up because um, I, I, you know, again, I feel the same way in that league. ERA and whip is close. And I feel like if I can get 10 Jig Pagram innings, from him in two starts or something like that. I'll take it. No. You know? Well, I think in two weeks, Rob, you're going to know whether you should drop him for real or, right. or whether you, you, you can hold them and hope for those starts. So right. I think you just got to keep him on your bench two more weeks and then you'll have information whether it's good or bad. Yep. Absolutely. Um, another one. Um, I, I want to get into my pickups of the week, but before that, um, yeah, she, one of the one of my biggest targets this week was actually Kevin Smith on the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he just walked into a starting third base job um, with Bijo being hurt and Espinal um, getting hurt as well. On top uh-huh. of the fact that Bijo really is not really uh, good anymore. But um, yeah, I, I he was the uh, focus of a lot of my uh, end of waterfalls, but I pretty much got him in every league I bid on him in another um, good follow on Twitter, Mr. Dylan white, who's second in the TGFBI overall uh, his, his handle is um, at the arrival on Twitter. Uh, but he does a lot of um, correlations. He's a big number guy. He, uh, so he threw up a little graph on Bobby Witt Jr. And Kevin Smith and um, pretty interesting what they did in the minors, uh, you know, not really, different profiles you know it's just pretty much doing the same things that k percentage was the same at 23.6 uh batting at a slash line was 288 347 591 to 286 371 576 so pretty similar profile here power and speed and so i'm hoping to catch a little lightning in the bottle here in a good offense um with little kevin smith sure sure i mean if he's getting everyday playing time that's that's, that's going to be the key. Yeah. Right. So, so right. That, could, that could work. Um, Hopefully in these two weeks, he proved that he can, uh, he could be in there every day. He's ready like an older type of veteran, um, minor leaguer, you know, he's 24. So um, we'll see. Hopefully he can stick in there and, and give me some power speed all the way around. That'd be great. Cause he's short stop eligible on the NFPC. And if he plays third going forward, he can get some dual eligibility there. Yeah. One thing uh, that I look at, Rob, which may other people I think do not or don't don't like this approach, is um, I look at the last seven days of for for hitters, and it's not that that's telling you exactly what's going to happen, but the guys that are that are hitting well 
it's not that I expect them to continue to do that all the time, but they already have their manager's attention. Yeah. They're, they're more likely to get starts. So, you know, are they definitely better in terms of talent than the guy that's batting 120 for that period? No, but the guy hitting 320 is going to get more looks. And at this point, especially of the season, that's what you want. You want guys that are going to get in the lineup. Right. So, so if Smith is, is providing that now, I think they, they would ride it. And that's, that's what you probably need in, in some of your teams. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Let's see what happens with that, Kevin Smith. Uh, I'm hoping to catch uh, some lightning in the bottle there. But in our main that we share, that's where I picked up him, Emmanuel Rivera, uh, Ryan Jeffers for uh, Mitch Carver going on the I.L., I picked up my boy Brent Suter, dropped three Detmers. Um, but also yeah. dropped Torrens and Jose Iglesias. Torrens, I just uh, I don't know, he's I know they travel to an NL park at the weekend, and I'm just not um, hopefully to have Wilson Contreras back by that um point. It's like one of those things too where I was trying to decide if I should uh carry um. On, you know, a second catcher for a half a week. I'm hoping he comes back at the end of the, you know, for the Friday, Sunday, Wilson Contreras. Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't, then that's definitely on me. But um, I figure at that point, Torrens would only really be getting in like three games, I think, if, you know. Okay. okay. So anyway, um, main event two, I picked up Estevez, dropped Wick. He looks like he's doing nothing. I picked up a little DJ Peters. Uh-huh. Uh you know, needed some power. Um, he popped a couple homers. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, I just uh, um, just running the rolling graphs on him. It seems like he's making marginal improvements in contact and 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 uh, hitting less pop ups um, and and reaching less. So hopefully those things continue. And you know, I know he's a big batting average drain, most likely, but at this point, I need some power badly, so right, right. uh, can't help at that point. I dropped Tyler McGill, my uh, Met buddy. Right. Yeah, this was the league I was just saying that uh, I have a pretty healthy lead in K's, but I just needed saves and bats more than anything. So picked up Kevin Smith and Emmanuel Rivera, dropped Gritchick and Tommy Pham. Oh man, it was bad. Bad time, but Tommy Pham is just not playing. It's I don't know what's going on with the Padres, but like so Adam Frazier is not playing. Tommy yeah, Pham he had a weird season. Pham, uh, he was ice cold at the very beginning, and then I, he then he you know there was a couple of months in the middle. I didn't study the stats, but he really was good. He yeah, he was stealing bases. He was hitting uh, well, and then now he's tailed off again. It's just. It's kind of inexplicable. I don't know what's going on with him. And in the beginning of the year, it was a lot of it was a lot of like um, unlucky batted ball stuff going on. Like his yeah. expected stat was still there. It was still healthy. It looked like he was just right under the hood. And obviously, he was getting healthy from being you know stabbed all, all the way across his back. Right. Um, right. There was that. There was that. yeah. There was that too. And you know, he 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 just looked like he was just doing Tommy fan thing. But then recently. You know, it, it every other day it was, um, you know, going back to like August 16th, he was off, then he played, he was off, then he played, he was off, then he played two games, he was off, and then he played one, he was off, and he played one. And it's like the same thing with Adam Frazier, too. It's just it's a very, <laughs> some very odd playing time oh, things yeah. that were happening there. So, and Grichuk, yeah, um, 
just he was really tanking my average as well too and I needed to keep it up at a, a respectful level and I just feel like with Springer heading back, you know, his playing time is going to get cut right, into right. even more. He's and then the today, Jared Dyson's playing in center field. So I'm hoping, um, you know, I don't know, just needed guys to play who were playing every day for sure. And, uh, well, you got to go with the playing time, especially with five go with the to PT. go up. Right, right. And I dropped- at least that gives you a chance. I mean, if, if the guy's on the bench, you have no chance. If you guys in the lineup, you know, you, you have a shot. He could score runs. He could knock something in with a sack fly. He could do a lot of stuff. Right. Absolutely. My last pickup in that main was uh, Sergio Romo. Um, and I dropped like uh, Mr. Yusei Kukuchi, as you said. Uh, and that's yeah. in that league. I literally have seven relievers in there to try to get some saves. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, well, you know, that's it. Got to pour it on and to make that last move for Take points. A you know? Take a shot. Take a shot. That's it. Take a shot. So, um, yeah. So that was my my bidding for the week. You know, nothing spectacular, but I all right. Like. I can I can let you know what I did in the two mains that are in contention. Tell um, me. So Logan Gilbert dropped for Ronaldo Lopez. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Farm Kyle Farmer dropped for Ramon Urias. Um, okay, love it. And then Kikuchi was dropped for Brandon Marsh because we needed an outfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one was, uh, let's see, uh, Seth Brown, who's on COVID, was dropped for Colin Moran. Um, and then uh, we dropped Kikuchi also in that league for Andrew Albers, who we're not, we're not pitching this week, but we're going to wait and see if he's, um, if he's still pitching well. So, uh, Interesting. I like that pickup. Tell me a little more about Albers. What's... Um... He, he did he start how many games have he started so far? I think just one, but he had a long, long, right? he had a long relief outing which went well. Mm-hmm. He's he's like a 35-year-old guy. Um, but I think the twins, there's nobody else to put in there. So it's like I think he'll continue to to be in the lineup and in, in the rotation. Interesting. Yeah, and so he's, you know, um, I'm just trying to look at what his uh, stats were, you know, he, see, yeah. he's only thrown nine innings so far in the majors. Yeah, very interesting. What I see the gap was he uh, he was somewhere else. He was international somewhere in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. He was overseas. So anyway, he he might he might be able to um, help, but again, it's one of those pickups where it's it's like a wait and see approach. Just throw right. a buck. Uh, no, I don't think many people were really looking for him, so we didn't have to spend a lot of money. Sweet. Very interesting, Todd. Very interesting. Okay, what so uh, let's see. What else? Want to get into the Coliseum? Yeah, the Coliseum. Always fun. Um, All right. Again, All right, know, hold on. Before the Coliseum. Yeah. Let's do a pod deck before the Coliseum. Oh, I don't want to forget about it. Love the pod deck. Yes. Come on. Everyone loves it. Phil's loving it. Um Let's see. All right, here we go. So we're going to get Phil on to answer some of these questions as well, right? Yes, yes. Phil might might be coming on this week. We got to confirm. I have to confirm, and uh, I I I already actually have two of them set out for him that I <laughs> that I saw that I, I I know he's gonna have trouble answering. So okay, good. I'm, I'll look forward to that. All right, here we go. Yeah. 
Would you rather have long nose hair or long ear hair? I mean, you could shave hair. I don't like those questions. That's stupid. Yeah. Come on. All right. Would you rather have your voice sound like Gilbert Gottfried or Fran Drescher? That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) Either one is pretty awful. I would actually would I, I would prefer Gilbert Gottfried. I mean, I, I think, think he's yeah, yeah, it'd be just go, funny. How go, yeah, could you go wrong? But I wonder if the sense of humor Fran Drescher. I mean, I, I like to believe I think uh Gilbert Godfrey is more of an act. I don't think right. he really talks that way, whereas Fran Drescher, I'm not sure. I think that's the way she talks. <laughs> yeah, I think Gilbert Godfrey just like to yell things out like that for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, one more. Would yeah. you rather have your face printed on money or your own small town named in your honor? Ooh, face printed on money. Yeah, when I, when, I don't know, I picture you as a guy who should be printed on money. I don't think so. I think no? I, the town, I, I like to be, have a town named after me if I had to choose. I don't think the money does anything for you particularly. Uh, I mean, did, did it really help Ben Franklin that much? No, probably not, but it would be cool to just, you know, everyone sees your face when they put out money. Would you rather be on uh, Mount Rushmore or would you rather have a painting uh, of of just of you in the Metropolitan Museum of Art? Um, hmm. You'd have to be the fifth guy in Mount Rushmore, though. How did they even do Mount Rushmore? I don't know. I don't know. There's been artist renderings of, of adding a fifth guy, but I don't know if I they don't... really could do it. And that's something I really don't know about. Like, how, how did they even chisel that out? It's a, I think it's a difficult process, but Rob, you he- have- must be heavy, heavy scaffolding system. It's I'm heavy guessing. scaffolding on that. Yeah. Well, assume you can. But, be- like, how do you pull back and say, you know what? I think I fucked up here. Let me go check, you know, like, where do you have to go to check that? You have to go like six go miles like, away. At least, at least. <laughs> you can't see. You gotta have I think I messed up his eyebrow, Jim. Let me go check this out. You know, you like, how do you... Rob, you have a guy in a radio, uh, in a helicopter. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, all these questions about things that I have, you know, like, that doesn't really mean anything to my life, but I just want to know. Really? Yeah. I'm sure you all can right. find out how he did it, but yeah. It's something I'm going to Google tonight for sure. Uh, good, good. Instead of instead of um, researching um, air yards for fucking wide receivers for football, <laughs> I'm going to be going down the rabbit hole of Mount Rushmore. All right, all right. I'm I'm sure the aliens did it, right? They did everything. The aliens, <laughs> they, they, did, they did something. I don't know. They did something. <laughs> Area 51. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. All right, let's get into the Coliseum. All right, so um, got some got some winners. We got some winners. Just one, just one. We got one. Uh, oh, you gave your push. Who's that? Wow, that's gave tough. Who for Key Boom? You think should be a win? No, Givens. You gave a push. Oh, Givens, Givens. I mean, two saves. He gave us two saves in three weeks. That's a lot these days. That's a lot. <laughs> In my life, it is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased because it's still Michael Gibbons, but <laughs> I think so. He doesn't even you... really. He doesn't really have the job even all to himself. But yeah, I mean, I suppose he's okay. 
This is not about if he had the job going forward. This is about what he did. Well, but if he was a good ad, he, you know, he might be projected to have more. But yeah, okay. I, I'm, all right, I'm a little harsh on Givens, but he, he didn't do it for me. Uh, Key boom again, two oh three with two homers. I don't know. I mean, he got a few hits, but um, and then uh, I called that thumbs down. I believe I called that thumbs down. You did. I think you predicted Key boom to to go boom. Um, and then Carlos Hernandez was the guy I gave the thumbs up to, which yep. uh, he definitely uh, he got only one win, but he had a great ERA and WHIP, and uh, he was he's looked good. Um, he he got one win in three weeks. This guy gets two saves. You give him a push. Oh, I don't know. It's so much harder to get. Robert. Oh boy! All <laughs> right. Okay. I'm biased towards starters. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'm jaded because of all the problems with uh, closers over the whole I year. I think so. You have a high expectancy going for those guys. Yeah, really. for sure. So so do you like my uh, proposal to the NFBC? Uh, we get maybe three fabs next year. One regular, one Cincinnati bullpen, and one for Edward Olivares. Yeah. That I think that good. could work. I, I think that could work. I think uh, – Greg Ambrosius and Tom Kesnick would, would appreciate that suggestion. I think so. Let's, let's uh, <laughs> see what you could work in there, Todd. You got some magic. You can stand next to me when I suggest that. All right. So let's call the thumbs up for the top four this week. We got Cabrera, Edward Cabrera. Yeah. Uh, Cabrera, Estevez. I'm going, I'm going thumbs up for Cabrera. Thumbs up for Cabrera. So you think he get, makes more than one start then? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And then Estevez, you think he's going to dominate in uh, Coors Field? Well, I mean, fucking two saves. You're really being harsh. I think he's going to get two saves, and I think that's good. You think that's good? Well, if I made the line three saves, would you say he'd get there? <laughs> I think I, I think, I, I think he will get there. I'm going yes. All right. There's another up. And then how about our buddy Glenn Otto? This is going to be a, an unprecedented sweep of, of, of all four, all four, all four thumbs up. And I'm going to go Kyber Ruiz with the number five. This is going to be the <laughs> best week around. Well, you, are, you are Mr. Upbeat today. I, yeah. Listen, I got to be upbeat one of these days of the week. You right, know? The guys I would go for would be Adovino <laughs> and Ruiz only. Oh, I think Cabrera right. has problems getting uh, regular work. Estevez gets blown up once or twice. And Glenn Otto, I, I'm not confident about. Maybe he gets a push somehow. So that's my call. But all right, we'll see. If I, we can remember, we'll see uh, who's right on that. I remember. All so right. anyway, this, this, what, what I was going to say is this, it's been pretty consistent over the full course of the year that about one out of every four is a win. And about... Uh, about two out of every four are losses and about one out of every four is a, is a push. So I don't know if you feel like that's good or bad. I think that's underwhelming that one <laughs> out of every four pickups of the biggest, widest pickups are good in the first three weeks. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. I would love to find a way to like have a standard for, you know, what we could really judge them by. Maybe it's something yeah. to the off season. But it's because hard because like, everyone's looking for different things in different contexts. And exactly. like someone like like two saves for giving. This is what I'm like. I'm thinking about an example of my, like I said, like I've been chasing saves like a lunatic. Right. It, could, it could be a good in, in one league and two saves from one guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Could be it wasn't big. terrible. Um, 
but some, the other thing is there's some of these guys that we gave wins to that after three weeks didn't do so well. So it, True. if you made it a different length of time, it might come up with different stats. But I think my feeling is it's about even. If, if for every guy you lost, you, you've gained another guy with four or five or six weeks. So I think it's about one out of every four uh, that really uh, provides value. Uh, Maybe next year it'll be different, but I think that's about what you should expect. All right. Uh, it's, All right. I strive to be better next year, Todd. Well, it's not you, buddy. I'm sure your percentage was much higher. No. Very, no? very, very kind of you, but no. I'm putting, no. You, I'm putting you at 45% easy. All right. Um, All right. I'll take it. All right. Now, did you see that Phil DeSault plans to vault? Uh, he's, he's going to be in the pole vault competition. Um, this is breaking news. And I just wanted you to be up to date that he thinks that the Canadians should win more gold medals in pole vaulting. I think so too. I think it's embarrassing. <laughs> I also think that pole vaulting would be extremely fun if I was able to do, to at least attempt one. I think that's an event you could severely hurt yourself. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing. Um, what do you think is easier to do? You think it's easier to successfully pole vault? Um, like I think the I think the minimum that they start at is fourteen feet. You think it's the, can you do a fourteen foot pole vault, or can you get on a horse and lasso a bull with a rope? <laughs> well, I don't think I could have any chance of doing a pole vault at all. All right. So okay. maybe there, maybe there'd be a small chance that I could uh, be on a horse and throw a rope and it would land somehow on the pole. It was unlikely, but okay. Uh, but I think the pole vault is, is, is somewhat dangerous if you don't know what you're doing is my <laughs> two cents. Um, of course, if you fall off the horse and the bull is chasing you, that's not good either. Um, anyway, so uh, besides that update on Phil, um, he is still leading the overall competition, but Emmett Ruland and Tyler Young are right there. They are close. Right. Um, and I know Phil likes to point to the team in fourth because that's also his team. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, uh, you know, we have Alan Mitchell, who's now fifth and sixth. Um, he's, he's making a determined charge. So I think it's tightening up just a bit, and I don't think uh, it's going to be a runaway. I mean, Phil certainly has the odds-on favorite position, but I don't think it's a done deal. I think, uh, you know, he's got to have some good pickups and uh, some good fortune down the stretch, which I think he's certainly capable of doing. Um, yeah. But, uh, Emmett Ruland was not even on the board maybe, what, five, six weeks ago, and now he's second. Yeah. It's such a, such a great race. Um, you know, just really, I can't imagine being in that spot right now. Like, just really sweating so many <laughs> little decisions and yeah, sweating right. now trying to you know even maintain like a, a third place spot or, or, exactly. or you know exactly. or you know i stress so many little th i can't imagine that you know pressure or whatever if they if the it's, robot it, it's i don't know if robots hard. feel pressure that's a question <laughs> i should ask him on the next podcast do robots feel pressure well he was named the dean of mit i put that in the article <laughs> So I, he's doing a lot of stuff besides, you know, just baseball. I just want you to know that. Um, yep, definitely is. Okay. 
so you can confirm that. Um, and then I put in the, uh, the, the regular um, main event standings for second and third as of this morning. And just a note, when I do the league analyses, I have to do them a little ahead of time. So those are, those are Saturday, Rob, or no, excuse me, Sunday morning. So that's 24 hours difference. And there are some different people in different positions by the time one day uh, turns around. So um, just if people are trying to compare and saying, why is this guy first one place and second in the other? Um, but there's some good races. There's, uh, let me just go back to one uh, that I put in the league analyses that was the, uh, the one that Bradley Beckman was leading on Sunday and John Posma is leading this morning. There are seven teams within nine and a half points of each other for the for first place. Wow. That is amazing. I mean, that I, is amazing. That, that's the closest one I've seen of all. I think uh, our buddy Matty Davis is in seventh, but he's by no means out of it. Um, and there's a, there's, there's, I, I could see any of these teams uh, breaking out and winning. And, and as opposed to some other leagues where a guy has a big lead, this one will be very exciting right down to the wire, I believe. It's fascinating when you get that much depth into one league, you know? Yeah. They're and having all... having seven guys over 100 is, is, is really fascinating. Amazing. Amazing. It'll be, uh, it'll be very exciting to watch that one. Yeah. That's so – such big swings right there. I can't imagine being, like, in seventh and maybe catapulting into first, you know, like in, yeah. in the last two or three weeks. But it can definitely happen. Sure. It definitely happened. And that's what, what makes this fun is sort of following it. Where instead of just looking at the end of the year and, oh, this guy won, now you can sort of say, look at this with five weeks to go. And, and it's going to be exciting even just watching it a little bit. Right. Absolutely. Good stuff, Todd. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. You have anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, the, the lineup decisions are crucial this week, especially how many starters, how many relievers. That's always difficult. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, when there's a guy with a little dinged up uh, situation, like I have Cabrian Hayes, he's got a bruised hand. Do you start him early in the week? I elected not to in one league. And uh, sometimes you regret these things because you can't know for sure whether he's going to play. Right. Right. One thing I would say, just, you know, um, getting, getting to that point and maybe you should have done this, you know, if you haven't done this already, but, you know, look at, look at the schedule for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just reading an article last week on baseball HQ by Ryan Broomfield and he just went through a breakdown of, uh, how many games each team had left and, you know, their, their schedule against, and, you know, just looking into those things, uh, possibly see, you know, having a four game difference from one team to another yeah, could be happen. good. And it could be, it could be the reason behind, you know, not, you know, having to bid a couple of extra guys during those weeks, which could be, you know, good to uh, free up in other spots. Todd, trivia time. One person with an OPS over a thousand this season in Major League Baseball. Who is it? One person with an OPS over a thousand. I mean, I would go Otani. I would, that's be my guess, but I I gather that's wrong because that's probably too obvious, right? Otani's fourth at 986. Jesse Winker's fifth at 955. Wow. Um, And Vladdy, I don't think is above that either. Vladdy's 994. He's second. He's second. Yep. 
So who does that, who does that leave? Um, Just think, uh, I'll give you a hint. Okay. Everyone says he's overrated. Everyone says he's overrated. Jose Ramirez. No, he's underrated, if anything, no? I, yeah, but I think, he, what's his OPS? He's got to be good. Oh, uh, Jose Ramirez, 904. He's 15th in the week. Okay. Okay. Uh, everyone says he's overrated. Yeah. Bryce Harper. Oh, Bryce Harper. He's over 1,000. Yep. That's interesting. Just hit his, uh, he just hit a bomb today. He, he's pretty fascinating. I mean, he's just one of those guys where, you know, he's like one of those athletes who get to all this stuff, I think, for example, and people just don't peel back and just say, let me just watch him play baseball. And that's it. And just enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I got a question question for you. All right. You're, you're, you own a major league franchise. You have no players. You can choose any third baseman. Forget about the other positions. You can choose any third baseman you want. And you're only, you're only getting that guy for next season. It's not like you're, it's a dynasty and you're picking a, a rookie uh, minor leaguer or something. It's like a current major leaguer, third base. You can have anybody you want. Who would you select? For one year. One year, 2022. Oh, my God. I have so many oh, other questions. What's my salary say, cap, you know? No, no, no salary. Jeez. Just you can have one guy. So, so you, can, you can say, here are the three guys I'd be thinking about. You don't have to say it's one particular guy. Who are the guys you'd be considering? First considering I'm considering Devers, Austin Riley, and probably Jose Ramirez. One, two, three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big Riley guy. I think he's going to be, you know. He's going to be a stud. I, I think. He's a stud um, right now. He's a stud. I love Devers. I mean, how do you not like this guy? He smokes the ball. He's still so young. You know, he's, 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 oh, yeah, he's phenomenal. You, you wouldn't consider Arenado, right? No, not anymore. No. Because I think he's great defensively, which doesn't count for fantasy, but. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say it'd be hard for me to, to not take Ramirez if I was just doing one season. Right, right. Yeah, he's definitely a good choice for sure. He's, I like that. That's a good question. really solid. Right. Can't, can't leave out good old redhead, Justin Turner. Oh, Justin Turner, he was pitching the other day. Did you see that? Yeah, that was just fascinating to me. But what what they, are the Dodgers doing? Seriously, what are they? They didn't doing? want to waste the pitcher. They wanted to save him for the Giants series. They're down five to zero. They they given up on the game. I, I love I, how he went up there with sunglasses. That's so gangster. Yeah, he was great. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he wanted to do it, but come on, come yep. on, Dodgers, be better. Right. Another stat on Bryce Harper. I just that just popped up on Code of Fire earlier in the week, and I, actually yesterday, thinking I liked it. But Bryce Harper has two hundred and fifty-seven homers before age twenty-nine, with a month left for his next birthday. Only seventeen batters have had more homers before that twenty-ninth birthday in history. Wow, Pretty interesting. So I think he's got a good case. I I was listening to um, Rates and Barrels podcast with Eno and and um no sorry wasn't that one. It was the Stackcast Dimensions. Well, Ballpark Dimensions, um, StatCast pod with uh, Mike Petriello. Um, then they were talking about who they thought would make a good run at 500 homers. And they were talking about Bryce Harper, Manny Machado first, like those guys. And then the, even the younger guys like Acuna, uh, Vlad, and such like that. But um, it was uh-huh. interesting. The, the case that they were making for Harper and Machado got me thinking about it a little bit. Why I wanted to do, do, doing a little Bryce Harper um, dive in. I think he's got a good shot at it. Yep. I think, I think he's got a real good shot healthy. at it. Yeah. He stays yeah. healthy. I mean, it's just amazing that 
the Phillies are just underperforming year after year, even with him there. Right. Right. Oh, well. All right, Todd, before we get out of here, um, let everyone know where they can find you, what you're going to be up to in this coming week on spstreamer.com. So, yeah, uh, spstreamer.com is where the articles are. I'm at Telstar7 on Twitter. I am going to try to do a midweek update again this week, although we're in fantasy football season and I I, I don't have Friday available. I'm going to try to do it a day early. Um, but if not, it's, it's at least coming out once a week. And uh, I'm always available also on the SP Streamer Discord channel. And uh, there's a lot of good players there that if you uh, take part in it, it's like, what, what is it, Rob? It's uh, like 10 bucks a year or something. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a great place to talk baseball if you have time. So yep. that's what I'm doing. And I'm hoping I can will some of my teams to the finish line and I wish everybody out there good luck the rest of the way as well. Yep. That's awesome, Todd. It's uh, just great time, fun times. Um, it's stressful when you're trying to close out a league where there's thousands of dollars at hand, but um, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, a lot of decisions I made or didn't make, you know, this is where, where it all starts to hit you. Those weeks where, you know, he's like, man, I left, you know, I left a, a save on the bench or I left, you know, a great double start, you know, that I was heading about on the bench, just stuff like that, where it all starts come circulating back into your brain. Like, no, but you, what you got to remember, Rob, is the decisions you made that turned out well. You right, know, right, it's, right. It's, if you just dwell on the negative ones, you say, well, I got to be right all the time, which you can't be. Right. Um, you know, and, I think that's why I like partnering with James Anderson is because, you know, we both try to make the hard ones together. And then, you know, we never really go back and say, you know, that was stupid, you know, or anything. We just say, okay, we did the best we could with the available information and uh, we'll move on to the next week. And and that's, I I think you can tell me if I'm wrong, but in your league with Jenny Butler, I'm sure that it's a little easier because you're sort of discussing it and you're not as much dwelling on, Hey, did we make the right decision or not? Yeah. Especially having such a great partner. who's awesome. It's, uh, it definitely helps a lot for sure. And she's you good. Know? She's doing winning her main event league as well. Yeah. Yep. She's got a lot to prove, you know, if you listen to Jenny on some other podcasts and on mine, she tells a story about how, you know, when she goes to draft, everyone thinks that she's someone's girlfriend, you know, and I can, can imagine that what's going on inside her head to try to beat everyone, you know, because that you got to have a killer, you know, she has a killer attitude when it comes to that, because, you know, that's what everyone seems to assume, or she just must be someone's, <laughs> no, no, she, I remember when she first came on my pod, she told me that story that hit me, I was like, oh, you know, really get to put yourself in a woman's place at that time, and, right, right, right. and you know, can imagine, like, that she wants to just go out there and really beat everyone. <laughs> so, sure. you know, that's something that, uh, she's, doing yeah, it. she's not just thinking about it. She's doing it. Right. Doing it. So yeah, absolutely. All right, Todd, thanks for hanging out with me and um, enjoy your week and we'll get back up next week. All right, Rob. Thank you. Talk to Later. You Alrighty folks. That will conclude this episode of the poor Hitter podcast. Hope to get out one more this week. Um, might be some surprise guests, but tune in uh, later this week. Hope we get another episode out talking about, um, some season review, maybe some look into next year as well. So thanks for everyone listening. Thanks for everyone who took a couple of seconds to 
fill out a rating or review. It really helps um, everyone else find the podcast and help them during their fantasy seasons. All right, folks. Peace out and don't be a bag of shit.